Yes, people, it's episode 250 of Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff, obviously. How are you doing? Are you good? Are you well? Uh, you may have noticed that my social media handles have changed. Now, they're just Griff Darren rather than Griff the Joker. Why? Because Griff the Joker, to me, always sounded a bit cheesy. And I always wanted something that just was basically my name. I started all my social medias with Darren Griffiths. I got in early with all of them, right? And then when I started doing comedy, I was like, ah, oh, I don't want people to find out I'm a real person. So I had Griff the Joker, even though I was never going to go on stage with the name Griff the Joker. Then by the time I started doing comedy, and uh, I thought, I, I should have just kept Darren Griffiths because so what? I haven't said anything crazy about dark-skinned women or gays or Jewish people. Uh, there's no need to run hiding. Um, I just, I thought, all right, let me get my name back. And then there was just all random other people with Darren Griffiths or Darren Griff or... Darren, and I didn't want a number in my name either. I don't be Darren Griffiths one or Darren Griff one. No, 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 no. no. So I just went uh, Griff, and then that's what I do. What I'll just have Griff. Couldn't have Griffiths Darren. Just, just Griff Darren, and it was just like, do what? We'll just go with that. Especially if people still think I'm Griff the Joker, they'll start typing Griff, and then I'll come up. No, it's changed, and that'll be it. It'll be sorted. So that's what we've done. We just changed it. Yeah, it's Griff Darren, and uh, and there it is. So that's that's the story behind that. Um, but yeah, how you all doing? Are you well? It's Sunday afternoon. It's almost five pm. I just went and picked up um, photos of Zadie, big canvases. You know those, you know those pictures that I uploaded where she's bundled into like buckets and and uh, and boxes and various colours of ribbons wrapped in. There's, we, we've got one of those. We've got a thing called a shelfie. A shelfie, which is a uh, 40... Uh, how many centimetres? That's too long. It gives me inches, I guess. I think it is 40 inches. 40 by 20 inch canvas. Which is actually life-size um, image of her. Um, bal- it looks like she balances on a shelf with the time and date of her birth in the picture, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. So we've got that. Um, and I'm just parked outside my house recording in the car. I haven't got my lapel mic, so sorry if it's boomy and echoey. Sorry, Stav. So I know Stav's the one who's who get on the get on my ass, pores uh, about sound quality. So, <laughs> so yeah. But um, so I haven't got my microphone with me. Um, so yeah, I'm just in the car doing that. But how has your week been? Um, you can tell by the energy in my voice. I've got a bit of pep in my step because i've had a good week um, a very fun week uh, if we start from earlier in the week nothing much really um thursday got my hair cut got my hair cut and um power went off halfway through the haircut well just the lighting went off and i was scared because my barber was on my hairline he was doing the front of my hair and that's when the lights went off but his reaction times are quick he just switched off to the shears straight away and said i'll thank fook for that because i didn't really fancy this guy trying to persevere and shave my head in the dark but he fixed the lights hair was saved all good get my hair cut all for the friday friday which was Travis Jay's one-man show, his West End debut at the Bloomsbury Theatre. I opened for him. He had uh, Kevin Jay hosting, and um, do what it, it was cool. It was it, it was uh, it was cool anyway. Like just to, just just to be there. Um, I mean, like 
sorry, I've said cool. I've start, I've thrown myself off because I've said cool. Cool wasn't the word I wanted to use because it weren't cool. It was flipping awesome. It was great. It was, it was an awesome thing to be a part of. Um, I, can't, I was going to make another point, which was cool. And I can't remember what that was. It's gone out of my head. But let's just talk about Friday. Friday was a movie. It was an event. It was a moment. It was great. It was great just to see a guy, Travis, absolutely kill it on his West End debut at the Bloomfield Theatre. And the theatre itself is like just the perfect theatre for comedy. Literally perfect. Because comedy clubs have very low ceilings. And then theatres are usually really big, grand, and you've got sight lines and all this stuff. Whereas a theatre like this, any theatre I've ever been in, which is similar to it, it's like the Y Theatre in Leicester, where the circle isn't far back. You know, the circle's the second tier, right? It isn't far back. The circle's on top of the stalls. So it's not a really big circle. So you... Your, your sight's great. You're literally on stage in the circle. When you're on stage, it feels like you can touch the circle. Um, you obviously can't, but that's how close it is. It's brilliant. It's, it's, it's just fantastic, man. Uh, so I got there early. Didn't want to mess him about. I just, you know, when you're when you're opening for someone, it's different from when you've just been put on a gig and they've booked you. Like, when you're opening for someone, uh, having done my own one-man show, this is Travis's, like, fourth or fifth one man show you have a vision in your head of how you want things to go so as a support act it's not just a simple thing of supporting on stage for me as a support act is i need to make this night as easy as possible for him uh so when i'm on stage i've got to kill it when i'm off stage i just got to be what i'm meant to be that's it i don't want him calling me going where are you bro uh, you know what I mean? Or when it's my stage time, people, stage management are running around going, where's Darren? I was just like, let me just be where I need to be. I kept on checking in on him going, how long do you want me to do? How long do you want me to do? Because at one point, I was going to do 10 to 15. Then another point, it was like, actually do 15 to 20. And then it got changed again. It's like 10, 15. I was, in any other comedy show, I'm like, this is pissing me off. On someone else's one-man show, I'm like, you have this how you want it, bro. So I will just, I'll just change. I'll change. No problem. I'll drop a joke out here. I'll drop a joke out there. Don't give a shit. This isn't about me. And that's all I was there for. When it came to setting up the stage, setting up how its entrance came, I was like, oh, yep, I'll be your body double. You go to the back. You do your thing. You see how you how it looks and it looks how you want it to look. Because this is your night. And when you have a vision, you want your vision to come to fruition. Yeah. Like you, you, you've envisioned how you want your one-man show to be, and a lot of the time, as a com- comedian, you do your one-man shows in places that you're just happy for your people to be there. But it's you, they're just there for the material. That's all you can give them is great material and a great performance. But you can't give them a spectacle. But when you're in the West End and they've got the lighting technicians and they've got all the smoke and they've got they've got the music and they've got that. And you could actually, and you're there asking questions, Travis asking questions, like, can I get this kind of light in? The guy's like, yeah, you should have that. He's like, oh, and could you have it like, like you want it pulsate? He's like, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, right, and I can see, it's like, he's, he had his vision, he was coming there, I was like, I'm just coming to do my thing. So yeah, that's what I did. And I got on stage, did my thing, and it was great, because there's a few people there in the crowd who, um, who I've like been friends with from Facebook, or from other walks of life, who've never seen me perform. They just they know I'm a comedian, but they've never seen me perform. Uh, whether that's 
other walks of life, or even Travis's people. I've been at Travis's shows before and spoke to his people before. Like I've spoke to his dad before, spoke to his siblings before, but they've never seen me before. I've spoken to his missus before, but they've never seen me before. You know what I mean? So, so they just see me as there as one of kind of Travis's mates who also does comedy, but we don't really know what he's about. A few mates from from Facebook as well were about um, who guided. I didn't get to speak to him. Get, uh, but I mean, I got to speak to Ashley. Didn't get to speak to Yannick. Um, there's a few other people there, man. Um, yeah, so it was good. And my niece, my niece was there for the first time. My niece is nineteen. Uh, no. Was she 19? Yes, she's 19. She'll be 20 next year. So she's 19. Uh, so it was her first time of being allowed to see me perform. Uh, so she was there. So that was cool. So there was a few people there who just, they know I do comedy, they've never seen me perform. So it was really cool for them. Obviously, there was a lot of people who've never seen me, who've never heard of me, who came up to me afterwards, like, that was amazing. And which was, you know, obviously always nice to hear, get gassed up. Um... But yeah, it was really the people who know of me, but I've never seen before. I was really happy just to perform in front of them. Did well, uh, by all accounts, did really well. Came on stage, felt like I did well. So it's all good. Uh, spoke to lots of people after and stuff. So, you know, have to um, try and follow up some some conversations. And um, yeah, it's just fun. Just a good, good old time, a good old show. Real fun. Real, real fun. Um, so yeah, that's good, man. It was good. And um, and then, like I said, when you're opening for someone, you just got to kill it. It ain't a thing of people think. I've heard some people say when you open, oh yeah, you don't want to kill it too much because you know you, you don't want to you don't wanna steal the fun of the main person. Listen, that isn't how. That isn't why you're picked as an opener. You're picked as an opener. Well, anyone I know, they pick openers who will suit their crowd. But they know it's going to flip it, bring heat. Because at the end of the day, I can't go half-hearted. Go half-hearted, come off stage, flop, and Travis looking at me like, I, I trusted you, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't be shit in front of his people. So, no, I came and, and you know, went to kill. Went for the kill. Because I have to just worry about my performance to make it a good night for his show. And then he came out, did his thing, and... Mate, it was, it was just a great show. Absolutely great show, great content, uh, funny as hell. And yeah, man, there are some bits in there that I, I, I keep on giggling to myself because I've got certain jokes that I like. You know, as comedians, we watch each other's, te- you, you know, techniques. Callback is a technique, pullback and reveal, these are techniques. They're cool. And, and you know, he, he, he adds a few of those which are fantastic, cool. But one type of joke I love, right, and it's, I've always said, uh, said this, before I started doing comedy, I used to think Michael McIntyre was like, just, yeah, cheesy, whatever, because I liked comedy that's like, all edgy, and people saying shit that makes a point, and, you know, I like that, and I still do like that, and now I do comedy myself, in a strange way, it's almost easier to make, I find it easier to make something that's unpalatable, palatable through humour. Yeah, or something that sounds absurd as a premise and make it funny. Now I've got a new premise that I'm working on now, and I'll tell you guys about it. It's uh, it's that homeless women are the most moralistic women in the world. They're the most moralistic people 
in the world. Like, so when guys say they want a good girl, they need to get a homeless chick. And the reason I say that is because there's men out there who buy dirty underwear, buy bottled up farts, buy photos of women's feet. Yeah. So if you're a woman, there's really no reason for you to be homeless. You can always make money because there is a freak and weirdo out there who will buy your excrement, your wee, whatever. They will buy it. You can get by. Seriously, there's women with OnlyFans, yeah, that I imagine don't even do anything sexual. They just do something that there's an audience for it. Just like, I'm just going to eat this sandwich and just let the feeling drop on my chest. And this guy's just like, oh, I'm going to get $100. Eat ham and mustard. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Sandwich Muncher 72. Oh, my God, you're so hot. If you want to send me a dick pic, that's another $200. She ain't going to look at it. But you can make that money. So if you're homeless as a woman, you either don't know you can do this or you've got... I am not degrading myself, okay? I will, yes, I, I will eat out of a bin and I would sleep in this sleeping bag outside of this flipping British Heart Foundation shop. I would rather that than poo in a bottle and sell it. And I say, do you know what? Salute to you. So all these guys out there just want a good girl. Where's all the good girls gone? Every girl's... Too, too many girls do a hot girl summer, man. I just want a nice girl, a good girl. Go homeless, bro. Walk them streets at night. See where the chicks are, the ones that are homeless. Then you got to just look through the dirt and look at the potential that's there. Just like, hey, if she just washed her hair, and we just spent about a grand on dental, yeah, I mean, she'll be all right. She'll be all right. That's, that's, that's... That's one of the premises. Now, premises like that, for me, very easy to think about and write about. But premises that are just about everyday things. Like, Mark Amata made his joke about walking on uh, floorboards at night and stuff. Just everyday observations that you know is real. You know it's true. It's there right in front of you. You deal with it every day. But to actually package it in a way where you're there and you go, oh my God, yes, yes. I hate that. I love that. Yes. We do do that. Amazing. And Travis had a joke in there that obviously I won't say because the show is recorded. I'm not sure where it's going to be uh, broadcasted, but the show is recorded. And uh, yeah, there's one bit in that and I was dying. Dying about it. Uh, but yeah, man, it was such a good time. Um, Met some really cool people as well. Travis has a lot of um, celebrity friends <laughs> and fads. So there's a lot of celebs in the building as well. But yeah, it was good. It was great to be there. Great to be a part of that. And that was really my week, really. Played football this morning. One, two, all. We one, two, all. Jesus, what a loser. Drew, two, all. And um, yeah, it was, that was fun. I mean, um, I upset one guy on the other team. He's mad. He dis. He tried to diss me by uh by just calling me old. I didn't get it. I didn't even do anything to him. I was just chatting away, and he goes, oh, "What? You're old though." 
Shut up, brother. Oh, not you. Yeah, 50. And I was like, um, no. This guy's a white guy talking like that as well. I'm, I'm of a generation where I find it odd. White guys talking like that. If they're not from London. If you're from London, fine. I get it. You know what I mean? I, I, I get it. But if you're not, if you're not from London... I don't understand it. It's it's crazy for me. I mean, I do understand it. Sorry, I'm lying. Of course I understand it. I, I get it. The accent's branching out of London. Yeah? You get, you've got more of a black British culture, which you can call it urban, whatever. These kids are growing up on grime. It's the slang. It's the way they talk. I get it. Even if they talk like me, they still have the slang. So then because of the slang, it starts sounding a bit London-y. The way they talk. But it's not even London anymore. It's just youth. Like I said, the youth talk. So yeah, this guy's like, oh, you're old, bro. You're old. you like 50. You're like a big man. I was like, okay, well, whatever. Anyway, so it comes to the corner now. He wants to come and mark me. There's the corner. I gave him a nice little spinning elbow to the chest. <laughs> but the best thing about the spinning elbow is... One, it hurts fucking loads. And two, uh, you can really disguise it like an accident. If you don't look back at the guy, just hand out a spinning elbow and just run the other way. You, you can't really prove you did it on purpose. So he was just like, what were you doing, bro? And he used to start screaming at his teammates. Like, no, but no, he just elbowed me. Bro. He just elbowed me. And he was going nuts. He was going nuts. And he, goes, Listen. And he was just chatting away. And my teammates going, wow, you've really routed him. What did you do to him? Even his teammates like, Shut up, bro. And he's like, no, man. You'll see after the game, innit? You'll see after the game. And I was like, okay. Let's see if he calms down. Anyway, let's get 20, not even 20, 15 minutes later. It's, it's their corner. This guy comes running to the box. He's running right towards me. And he's running, he's running straight at me. I was for, I'm not going to move. He's going to stand there. Part of me was going to slap him in the nuts as he got close. Just to, yeah, just to really fuck with him. But I just stood there. And I was... Like, I just made a face like, you alright? Like, I'd completely forgotten what I did. I knew what I did. And it was so funny, because then throughout the rest of the game, I was just being nice to the rest of his teammates. Which is killing him. Because they were just going, yeah, I'm a freeze, he's alright, you know. And they're like, no, he's a new kid! And I was like, no, 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 I'm not. After the game, I was chatting to one of their players. Because he told me he was a lawyer in the game. We were banter with each other. Came out he's a lawyer. We're banter. After the game, we're actually just chatting away about laws. You know, I was actually congratulating the guy. He was like, he's 25. He's uh, qualified as a lawyer and stuff. And I was just said to him, going, bruv, like, nah, nice one. Like, well done, mate. Just like, just like, well done. Like, qualified as a lawyer. And you just, he said, yeah, I just got out. He came out of college, got my head down, went, that's exactly what I want to do. And I said, no, nah, I, I salute that. Because, I mean, life's hard. So I was just giving these guys his props, giving these guys flowers. They know this guy comes over now, the guy from earlier. He's like, well, so what are you saying now then? And he, his teammates are like, bro, go away. He's like, nah, no, no, no. He tried to hurt me. You elbowed me, yeah? You tried to hurt me. Didn't hurt me, you know? Didn't hurt me, you know? Like, it seems like it did hurt you, like, emotionally. Like, why are you, why are you talking to me? And he goes, oh, bro, what, what are you saying now? Like, I'm not saying anything now. The game's over. I'm talking to your teammate, and after this, I'm going to go over... Talk to my wife. You know me, Kate. She was on the sideline watching the game. Uh, I was like, I'm going to go talk to my wife. 
And then his teammate just pulled him out. Just pulled him out. He's like, bruv, just leave it. He's like, no. Because watch. Watch when I see him again. I was like, oh, yeah, that, that energy. You know, it's like, so he said, we're going to, he said, we're going to do something to me after the game. While the game was on. Uh, you can do something to me in the game if you want. So then he comes after the game. Doesn't do anything. He said, watch when I next see you. You next see me when we next play each other, mate. Because unless... I said, you can find me on LinkedIn if you want. Come to my workplace tomorrow. That's what I said to him. It'd be odd if he is there. I imagine him just stood there outside my office going, yeah, yeah, watch what happens tomorrow, bruv. We'll see you at the train station. I was like, okay, this is... All right. <laughs> I was like, well, I, don't, I don't know what you want, mate. I, I don't know what you want. I mean, I did... Oh, granted, I could have apologised. <laughs> but, I don't know. But, hey, that's what it is. But talking about... Talking about football, how about flipping um, PSG women? The maddest of stories, Aminata Diallo. And um, and I can't remember her teammate's name, but it is, it is crazy. Um, what's her teammate's name? They're not giving her a name. It's Al-Kira, uh, Kira Hamraoui, right? So here's here's how it's been presented. Actually, let me give you the facts. Kiraham Rari was uh, attacked by I think some masked attackers and beaten about the legs while um, while Diallo was was driving um, driving and the way the press took it was Diallo had hired people to attack. I'm going to get, go to the first names. The first names are easy to pronounce. Aminata uh, hired. Um, Attackers to attack Kira um, to put her out because they're rivals for position, and that's how it's presented. And the press, I'm not sure if they demonized her, but they went with that story, and that's how they presented the facts. And she was, I'm not sure if she was arrested, but I know that now Aminata has been she pleaded her innocence and she is released from police custody uh, with no further action. And um, without any charges. I think the investigation is still ongoing, but they're pursuing a different um, route of investigation now, which apparently is meant to be even a more a more sinister, uh, I've heard rumours, a more sinister explanation. Um, but she's pleaded innocent and the police have let it go. But what I found interesting about is, I guess, twofold. One, how the press took the story. That's the narrative. And that's the narrative that got spun out. And then two, it's just like even the idea of a teammate attacking another, get, getting goons to attack another teammate because it made me immediately think of back in the day with Liverpool with Craig Bellamy and John Arnarista. Some of you might know the story, uh, both at Liverpool, and they had a fall it out. And what Bellamy did, didn't he didn't attack goon, he didn't hire goons, he kicked off the door of John Arnarista's room. And took a golf club to his legs. <laughs> I don't know, like for something about like for me as a fellow professional, to do that to not only another professional but a teammate is wild. So so wild, man. How wild that is, just to attack. Um, to attack a teammate like that, but yeah, but so 
So if this is nuts, um, let's try and figure if I can. I'm not sure how injured Kira Hamro is. Um, but yeah, but the, the, the investigation is still is. Two masked men dragged her out of a car and assaulted her. Um, she suffered injuries to her hands and legs. And um, But no, I think she's... But no. Yeah. See, and that's it. And yeah, Diallo said, look, there's no rivalry between us. Um, so we'll see. we'll see how that plays out. I mean, but it's really interesting. Now, you know, really interesting to see how that's going to play out. Because uh, it's just a crazy story, right? Attacking your teammate. Nuts. But um, what else has gone on in the world? Um... Guess something that's a bit more trivial, but was very interesting to me. I saw a story of a, a man who uh, basically had money erroneously transferred into his account. He did what a sensible person would do and actually checked with the bank and said, what is going on here? I've had 30 grand put into my account and then another 30 grand. And he had about over 100,000 put into his account. And he didn't touch it. What, what is that? And they said, oh, no, it's yours. It's inheritance. It's just been a direct transfer of inheritance to you. It's yours. And he was like, are you sure? They're like, yeah. And he's like, okay. So what did my man do after getting it checked by the bank? He spent it. He bought a house, a nice fixer-upper that he was intending to rent and put on Airbnb. Only to have... Without warning, the money taken out of his account. Yeah, money taken out of his account. And his own, six grand of his own money removed from the account. And now he's left with an absolute shithole of a house. These midway through renovations that he cannot afford. The flipping continue renovating. And if you understand the value of property, a shit house with all the walls there is worth way more than a house that's going to be good with walls missing. <laughs> right? So they just took the money back and go, yeah, we made a mistake. Shrug. And I don't know where I stand on this. I, like, moralistically, I'm like, nah, you can't just take my man's money after you told him it was his. But you can't just make up more money. I feel like the bank has to compensate the guy. Yeah, I feel like the bank, this is what I would do if I was a judge. The bank has to give him enough money to, so he can return to whatever financial state he was in before the money was transferred into his account. Because right now he's out of pocket. He's got a mortgage that he can't afford to pay and because he's renovating a house that he won't be able to be let out. So I'm not sure the bank needs to completely rebuild the house for, you know, renovate the house he's working on. But maybe renovate it and then maybe he has to sell it. Renovate it, sell it, and any shortfall in, like, the mortgage that he's taken out on it, the bank has to pay. That's how I would do it. That's how I would do it. Like, the bank takes a charge over the, yeah, they take charge of the house, they have to deal with it. How about that? That's what it is. How about you just give me back my six grand? You buy the house off me. 
and we're good. That, yeah, that's the most practical way. You buy a house for me and we are good. Because I, I don't want the liability of this house. That's how it should be. But it is mad. Because that's that's when it pissed me off about the situation. It wasn't like the guy just spent the money and he was a, a dickhead. He was like, oh, I've got 100 grand in my account. I'll just spend it. He wasn't even that guy. He literally followed the procedure and then was told and got it in writing. And this is the thing. You're told all the time, get stuff in writing. Get it in writing. Get it in writing. And you get it in writing and then the bank just goes, eh, go and fuck yourself. Like... What advice do you give that guy? There was nothing he could have done any differently there. Nothing. And now he's out of pocket and you just got the bad guy. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Like, are you mad? Let me try and find the story so I can find the guy's name. So anyone wants to find it out. Um, bank mistakenly credited... Man's account. Let's say man's account because it's not uh not mine. Um, yeah, handyman wrong wrongly told to bank by bank he could keep hundred and ten thousand. Russell Alexander is the man's name. I mean, I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know what's gonna happen. There. Um, which yeah, I don't. I just feel sorry for the bloke. I feel sorry for the bloke. Um, I don't know, it just popped in my head. Oversharing moment. I, I received a notice of intended prosecution. Uh, I opened the letter yesterday. I didn't know. Um, I'll tell you what. They need to change the, the title of that letter. Because I shat myself. Yeah, I I, just thought, I was like, oh my God, what? I'm being arrested. I'm, I'm being prosecuted. I'm not a criminal. You can't prosecute me. I was like, what? And then I read it and it was speeding. Um, I was doing 59 in a 50 on a temporary speed camera. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie, people. I didn't know there were speed cameras on the temporary speed limit thing. I always thought it was a bluff. I've always thought it was a bluff. And I guess most of the time it is because that's the first time that's happened. <laughs> but, um, but it's all right because it's the first time I've ever done anything like this. And I was under 64 miles per hour. And 64 miles per hour is the limit, is the speed you have to be driving under to be able to go to speed aware of this course. So I need to return this letter quickly uh, to make sure I can do the speed awareness course. Because I'll be damned if I'm spending £100 to getting three points on my licence. Because here's the thing. You do one or the other. I'm like, yeah, but here's the thing. If I do the three points on the licence now... I can never do a speed awareness course because one of the things is you can't do a speed awareness course if you have points on your license. Is that right? So I'd need to do a speed awareness course. Uh, but yeah, really annoying. Really annoying because it's not even like I was speeding, speeding. You know, if, if it was actually a 50 mile per hour zone, I went 59, which I wouldn't. No, temporary speed cameras because of bloody roadworks. Let's think about it. You do that because why? Why, why, why do they put this, that speed limit on it? Because what? I don't get it. Because there's traffic. Well, there weren't traffic because I was able to go 59. But I know. I'm not happy about it. And um, notice of intended prosecution has to be received by the uh, registered keeper within 14 days. And I got it 20 days after the dates of offence. So I was ready to go. I was ready to go. All right. Loophole. Woo. 
And then I read up, it's like, if your car's a lease vehicle, then if it's been sent to the, the leasing company, who is the registered keeper and owner of the vehicle, I'm just, a, I'm just the hire of the vehicle, basically, for two years, but I'm not the registered keeper. As long as they got it within 14 days, then it's all right. I don't know if they got it in 14 days, but I can't argue on their behalf. All I know is I didn't. Um, so I don't know what attitude to take. Because clearly I don't want to make this a B thing and take this to court if I'm in the wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I basically want to say, yo, you gave this to me after 14 days. So how about we just chuck this out? Let's not take it to court. And uh, But if you do think we should take this to court, then I'll just do the course in it. I don't want them to go, oh, okay, as soon as you contended it, we'll see you in court. I'm like, oh, no, no, I don't want that. No, thank you. No. So I'm going to do this by speed awareness course, and uh, that's what it'll be. But 59 and 50, I, I don't need speed awareness course. I want to be there with people. Well, I guess no one's going to have done anything mad. Because you're, you have to, you can't go too mad to be on the speed awareness course. But, oh, man, it's going to be annoying. I've got to do it soon as well while it's still virtual because I don't want to be taking a day off work to be going on this course. Not at all. Ugh. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, hey, hopefully they bloody accept it. I mean, I meet all the criteria to be allowed to do a speed awareness course rather than get points on my licence, but I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, right. That's uh, that's that part of the pod. Let's get on to some dear Deirdre and then I can get into me casa and show uh, Naomi these pictures. I mean, she hasn't checked in on me to see where I am. Um, I am outside and safe. Maybe she's looked out the window. Maybe she's got that energy. She said that before she's sensed when I'm outside. So maybe she's just looked at that and just gone, oh, fair enough. Um, right, let's go. Dear Deirdre, my married son has been having sex in my bed. I found his lover's thong. Um, so you say his lover. Is, this is not his wife then, surely. Why is he having sex in your bed? That's just mad. Is he Is he married but also 14? Even when he's 14, you know you always see it on TV. That's like, oh yeah, I have sex with my parents. I guess because they're trying to sell the idea that the parents were the only ones with a double bed. So that's why they want to have sex in their parents' beds. But these kids never really... That's the arrogant of children, right? These children having sex in their parents' beds because they're like, yeah, because I'm going to have sex with my girlfriend and my boyfriend. And not thinking that their parents have sex. Like, you're having sex in your parents' stink and nastiness. You think, oh, they just sit there, read their book, and then go to bed. They don't have sex. Like, no, no, no. That smell in the air is your parents. But do see! Anyway, dear Deirdre, I found out my married son has been having sex with a secret lover in my bedroom when I discovered a leopard print G-string behind the curtains. That's mad as well. I've never been in, in any throes of passion so much that I leave somewhere without my underwear. Well, I'm going, oh, rah, I just realised I left my underwear. Like, you know you came with underwear, Rod, so how are you leaving without it? And just be like, oh, I don't know where that is. Unless you've done it on purpose. Anyway. Um, let down and angry doesn't even begin to cover it. How do you know it's um, the lover and not your daughter-in-law? I'm 67. He's 35. He has two daughters, aged 8 and 7. My 
with my daughter-in-law, even though they are no longer together. Okay. I mean, this doesn't explain it, it being in your bed, but okay. I'm, maybe that's, has he lived with you because he's been kicked out? But even then, what? He's sharing a bunk bed? Anyway, Darren, just read the thing. Even though they are no longer together, I'm very close to her and had just spent two weeks with her as a shoulder to cry on after they split. She's 32. My son's father cheated on me 25 years ago, so this brings back awful memories. But this isn't cheating. Um, I had been trying to help my daughter-in-law and comforting their daughters. Uh, my son had insisted there was no one else and that he was leaving because they had grown apart. But she was devastated. She said that they'd had a good relationship and even confided that, that they had a good sex life. Up until six months before my son walked out. When he left, he came to live with me. Ah, there you go. The plan was he would stay temporarily until he managed to find somewhere else. But as soon as I returned from my daughter-in-law's and walked into my bedroom, I knew he had been sleeping there. Weird. The pillows were on top of the duvet. I liked them under. And when I pulled back the covers, I could see marks on the sheets. Jesus! Then, in my ensuite shower room, the towels were wet and all my products had been used with their lids left off. I don't understand who your son is. Because if you've got a house big enough that has ensuite, that means you've got another double bedroom in that house, which I assume he's staying in. Why is he doing this? Initially, my son insisted he, had, he hadn't even been in my room. But when I found a G-string, there was no rigging out of it. And finally admitted he and his new dog had used my bed. Why? I'm so upset that while I was looking after his family, he was sneaking around with his bit on the side in my bedroom. He had apologised, but I feel so betrayed. And I'm thinking of asking him to move straight out, moving, move out straight away. I think you should. He's a big grown man in his 30s. Big man in his 30s having sex in his mum's bed. Nasty. Disgusting. I think because you're single, he's like, she ain't having sex in here. But that is so grim. Um, really, really grim. Uh, right. Ooh, hookup disaster. Seeing co-worker naked was a turn-off and sex was so awkward. Dear Deirdre, I recently got together with a woman who I really fancied. Oh, no. Does she have bare scaffolding? Is that what it is? Let's check. Let's check. Oh, it is. It is Nimrod. Let's uh let's pause the pod. And we're live. No. <laughs> so what's it? Dear Deirdre, I recently got together with a woman who I re- I really fancy. We've been flirting for months at work. That's what I was saying. Yeah, was there loads of scaffolding? That happens. But women have lots of contraptions to keep the belly in, the butt out, the breasts up, the hair down, the <laughs> it's all it's all mad. It's all mad, so you don't know. Like as guys, we 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 some some of us we're very ignorant. We don't even know if your eyebrows are real. Like tattooing your eyebrows—that's the thing. I've seen some women get it done; looks completely cool. I've seen other women get it done; it's like, oh, that's like because I'm someone who's like really got a keen eye for symmetry. I remember one of my friends; she got a eyebrows tattooed it's like it's not symmetrical it's bothering me really bothering me but i was like i don't say anything she seems happy about it i was like oh that's so cool 
then that has moved on. Anyway, um, I couldn't believe my luck when she asked me back to her place. We were getting together on the sofa and everything was going really well until I saw what she looked like down below. What does that mean? I'm 28 and she's 30. Uh, for a start, she was really hairy and had part and her parts were larger than I'd ever seen. How do you mean? How do you mean her parts were larger than you'd ever seen? I'm trying to understand this because this ain't a scaffolding thing. This is a good looking woman. Let's just pick Beyonce because that's just a generic person to pick. This is Beyonce. Beyonce gets naked and she's got a hairy growler and what? Big labia? It really put me off my stride and I couldn't keep an erection. Jesus. I mean, you like what you like. I'm not going to shame this guy for having his own preferences. But um, you can just trim it up in it if it bothers you. But say so what? What about the rest of the body? Go from behind and you can't see it. I don't, there's just ways to solve this. Um, I was so... It was so embarrassing. I ended up leaving soon after. Now we avoid each other at work. Oh, jeez. I just realised you couldn't keep a boner. That's the thing. That's mad. Because you couldn't keep a boner. So now you're in a catch-22. Because now you're the guy who's... Emb- you're the embarrassing one. Yeah, you're the embarrassed one. You're the guy who couldn't keep a boner. But here's this. Check female ego. She's like, I made him lose his boner. She'll know. There's no woman that would be like... Uh, that's just him. What's wrong with him? Especially if she likes you, then that she's taking that all on her. She's like, oh my god, what's wrong with me? And then, depending on the type of woman, she's spreading rumors. The yawn for that. I've got to tell people. I've got to get ahead of the story. Ah oh dear, you need to talk to her. No, actually, don't talk to her. Jesus, what am I talking about? You can't talk to her because the things that turn you off are dumb. She can't change that. What are you going to do? Get labiaplasty. I don't know. You, 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 vaginplasty. That was it. You can't do that. So, ah. Just, uh, just die. Just let it die. Just let it die. Um, yeah, man. I mean, to overshare. This happened to me once when I was younger. Uh, got with a girl. And, uh. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't perform on the day. Couldn't give it up. And I was, I beforehand, I was talking hella smoky as well. And then, you know, I managed to woo her back two weeks later. Say, oh, I owe you. Hmm. Start still talking smoky. Same thing happened again. I fell asleep. I woke up. She weren't there. She left in the middle of the night. I was like, oh my god. This woman brought a full sleeping bag to stay over. Like, full bag of stuff to stay over. And she left in the middle of the night. I was like, oh my God. What did I do? Did I go again? No, I just cut my losses. And said, I, I, it weren't working. And then I just focused on why I didn't work. And uh, mine was actually physical. I, I, I don't know what I did. I was playing football before. Did this certain turn and move, and all I heard was a crunch in my perineum. No one's touched it. It was just a move. I just heard this kind of grinding crunch, and I was like, I don't know what that was, but whatever. And then, um, yeah, then later on that day, 
uh, yeah, my, my thing was leaning to one side. I was like, okay, I've broken something here. <laughs> but as, uh, well, I was uni, so as a 19-year-old, you don't go, oh, I should go get myself fit, get myself seen to, even though I'd basically broken my penis. I was like, no, 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 I'm 19, I, I will will this away. And, uh, yeah, and did that. Crazy, right? Absolutely crazy. Um, anyway, let's see. One last one. Not one last one. Um, let's see. What what one? This this one seems trivial. We'll go for this. Then we'll just uh, we'll we'll go indoors. Too loud. I cannot listen to my boyfriend crunching on an apple. It is causing arguments. Now, two things here. This is my wife. She cannot stand noises. She can't stand fidgeting, noises, anything like that. Now, I used to take the piss out of her for this. I used to go, you're controlling. Uh, you're a psycho. You don't like people having fun or enjoying themselves. I used to sell these things. She laughed it off. Then she found an article online that basically diagnosed what she had. Um, I can't remember what it's called. But they described it and she was just like, yes, that's. That's exactly what I've got. And they described her feelings. And they articulated in a way that I'd never heard it before. Which actually made me have some sympathy towards her. Like the point of annoying noises. She actually doesn't want to focus on the noises. I'm like, go do something else. Or when I'm fidgeting my fingers. And she's just looking at it. I'm like, just do something else. Look at the TV. And the point she was making is, no, it's... I don't want to look at your fingers. I don't want to see you fidgeting. I I don't want to. But... There's something in my brain that short circuits and now I can't focus on the thing I want to focus. I have to look at your hand or I have to listen to your tapping. And it, it bangs around in my head, the tapping, and I can't think of anything else. I can't focus on anything else. And it just gets me agitated. I, and she's like, I'm not, I'm almost not agitated at you tapping. I'm almost agitated at myself that I can't refocus on something else. And when she said that to her, I was like, do you know what? I feel bad. It still makes you laugh a little bit, but I feel bad. So this here made me laugh because that rushed well. But because it's about apples, this is like me. I'm going to let you guys into a little secret. I'm not sure I've ever said this on the pod before. Uh, my closest friends know about it. I'm not even sure if Naomi knows about it, but I'll, I'm, I'm not, it's not secret. It's just something that doesn't really come up often. I cannot take the sound of green apples crunchy now that people got like nail on the chalkboard thing people cotton wool people putting ice like things out of a freezer those kind of noises that's what crunching to an apple is for me i can't but if i bite into an apple even now talking about it the hair on my arms are standing on edge if i was to bite to a green apple and that feeling of that skin going between my teeth kills me mad right and I used to eat apples as a kid. I can eat apples like in the dessert. I could just about eat a few. I can eat like some soft red apples, but a crisp green apple, never. Cannot do it. So if I was sat next to someone who was just into a green apple, my the back of my neck would be fucked up. I just would I would not be able to cope. I would die. And so hearing this. It's interesting. Anyway, 
So what's it? Dear Deirdre, um, my boyfriend eats so loud that it infuriates me. I struggle to watch TV when he is chomping and slurping his drink. So this is just in general. Uh, but the worst is in the morning when he gives me a lift to work. He takes... He is taken to crunching on an apple. I'm 24, he's 26. It sounds ridiculous, but we argue over it. He insists no one has commented before, but I'm convinced he is louder than anyone else. So yeah, here's the thing here. You're both right, and you're, you're both being very egocentric. You're not actually thinking it could just be me. You're both going, it's the other person. You're biting too loud, you're moaning too much. And when you should go, Oh, maybe I've got an issue with sounds. And you should go, the guy biting the apple go, oh, well, maybe I do. No one's mentioned it before, but okay, it seems to bother you. Um, I, can, I can eat an apple another time. I can eat in softer fruit. I'll eat a banana instead. It's, like, it's a really simple solution if you can just put your egos to one side and actually be motivated to come to a, a resolution. It's that simple. Anyway, that's the end of the pod. I've got some photos to look at with my wife and uh, going to help. We need to help around the house, isn't it? All right, people, that's the end of the pod. Peace.